Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to Conversations with Genesis Church, and I am Jeff Stott, and I'm with Kate Shaw, and today we're going to be talking about anxiety. As a matter of fact, we began a new series uh, on anxiety, and okay, here's the thing. Uh, we have slotted four episodes on this, but I just feel like that it's going to be more than four Uh just the way things have been going and anxiety is a huge thing. Um, and so here's what we're going to try to do. Uh, today on this episode, we're going to try to talk about the meaning of anxiety, what it is, what it's not, and some characteristics of it, just so we kind of have some kind of foundation, a common ground on what we're actually dealing with or trying to deal with. And uh, then uh, the plan is in the next episode, we're going to talk about the four spaces of anxiety um, and how to manage that a little bit and how to deal with it. And those four spaces are space number one's in me, space number two is in another person, space number three uh, is um, between two people. And uh, I have gone blank on the third, on the fourth one. It's in me, in you. Oh, and between, and between me and, and you, that kind of thing. So, um, and there's some anxiety rests in those four spaces. And so we're going to be talking about that uh, and how to recognize what space of anxiety you're dealing with. Because some of the, some of those spaces you can't do anything about other than manage your reaction to it. So uh, then another uh, episode, we're going to take a look at recognizing anxiety, how to know when you're starting to feel anxious. And the sooner you recognize it, the sooner you can begin managing it uh, before it starts managing you. Um, uh, then we're going to actually look at some things about managing anxiety, what the Bible has to say about it and some other things that people have learned over the years that's been helpful for them. Um, uh, and then somewhere in here, we're going to be talking about anxiety's inner critic. Um, that seems to play a huge part uh, with people's anxiety about what they're hearing in their head. And uh, well, then we'll probably wrap it up because, um, see, I'm looking at, see, th what I'm looking at is six episodes, actually. So this the last one would be anxious for nothing. And that's where we actually, we're going to dive into Philippians chapter four, uh, where it says, you know, don't be anxious for anything and detail and unpack that a little bit. And what does God have to say about that? Uh, actually, I think today I'm actually going to mention one little aspect out of it uh, that I think will be helpful. Okay, so Kate, uh, to crank it up, to get it started, um, okay, you have mentioned in the past, and so have I, that we both struggle with anxiety in different ways. So how would you describe your anxiety? I am somebody that likes to be in control of things, and so... For me, I think that anything that falls outside of that, um, feeling like being out of control, uh, causes me to have anxiety 
also, you know, as a serial people pleaser, I'm always just in general worst case scenario um, about, you know, disappointing people, whether or not they think that I'm doing my best or whether, you know, what people think really. I mean, that's a struggle. And then um, I'm just a worrier in general. So, you know, especially when it comes to my kids, um, I've found a whole nother level of anxiety once I had kids that I, it was already that, that way, but definitely any mom could probably say that there's, a, there's some level of anxiety that just comes with having kids. But, uh, but I think that a lot of it is just control for me. I'm going to say that is part of where I'm at as well, because, um, I, okay. And I, th I think I've mentioned this before, uh, on another podcast, but you know, I can start feeling anxious, nervous, edgy. I don't know what word to use, but this, when I'm sitting like in my living room, and it's cluttered. So, you know, it, it's, 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 yeah. it's what I call visual noise and I've got to turn down the visual noise. So I've got to pick things up, put things away. Um, right. and the same is true with the TV. If it's on, um, I find that I have to turn the volume down or mute it in order to have a conversation. And so, um, which also plays over like if I'm in a restaurant and if it's too noisy, I I'm not going to talk because I feel like I'm in competition with the noise around me. And mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> uh, but all that, I mean, when you strip it all down, it, it goes back to what you said, you know, control. I mean, I I've got to control the, the clutter, control the volume, control the noise. And once I have that control and it's where I want it, then I can have a conversation. So, um, mm -hmm it's just kind of, you know, anxiety is weird. I mean, it really is. Uh, mm -hmm. And by the time this little series is done, you know, if the, whoever listens to all of these, uh, they are going to be convinced I need help <laughs> because when you start talking about your anxieties and you start being transparent and you put words to it and you're trying to describe what you're feeling, it, it really does start. It sounds weird, you know, cause yeah. Most people don't talk about their anxieties in, in great detail. They talk about them very generally, but for purposes of illustration, I want to share some detailed anxieties and hopefully that'll relate to the listeners and stuff. So, um, okay. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, Kate, I'm going to ask you to do the same, by the way. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you. To I will. Okay. That's right. Um, all right. So I came across this quote and I think, man, it summarized it greatly. Uh, it says anxiety is part chicken little and part Eeyore. <laughs> okay. Part chicken little and part Eeyore. See, <laughs> this is where you think the sky is falling and it's falling disproportionately on you. <laughs> okay. And because, you know, you're thinking, oh man, uh, this is where anxiety will say things like, okay, uh, your, you know, your health is the worst. Your kids are going to turn out the worst. Your, you know, you know, financially, you're going to have a disaster. I mean, it's just, it's just gets, it gets stupid, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and the anxiety just kicks in. And so, um, 
but in this series, what we're going to try to do, or at least in this uh, particular episode, we're going to uh, try to answer this question. What is anxiety? What are we talking about? And before we get into that, I do want to talk about Philippians chapter four, verse six, where it says, or, uh, the apostle Paul is talking. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay. I, I have a question here on that little statement. Does that mean I should not ever experience anxiousness ever? I, I don't know. It's to me, it seems like it's kind of encouraging you to strive for that, but being in our flesh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> okay. I, uh, have learned something new. Uh, I have used this verse multiple times. Uh, I have talked to other people about it and, and when you read it, it says, do not be anxious about anything. So does that mean don't be anxious about every, there shouldn't be anything I'm anxious about? Uh, or does it just mean most things? Does it mean some things, you know, uh, can I be anxious on Monday, but not any other day? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all right. So, um, but then at the same time, I'm thinking about Jesus at the garden of Gethsemane, man, he is so stressed mm -hmm. out. He's sweating blood, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he has all the symptoms of what we would call anxiety. And mm -hmm. then I have questions. Okay. Is anxiety a sin? Is it not? If it is a sin, how does that work with Paul being anxious? Jesus showing some anxiety. Uh, is anxiety a lack of faith? And if it is, how does that work with Jesus, you know, and Paul and all these guys? So, I mean, I'm, as I'm going through all of this, I'm, I'm trying to really understand what anxiety really is. So, uh, and, we'll, and we'll unpack. I mean, everything I've just said, um, we're going to talk about through this series and, um, and try to understand what it is and what it's not, because I, I think it's very important that we understand what the Bible means by being anxious and not being anxious so that we can address it accurately from a biblical foundation. Mm. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. He says, be anxious for nothing. All right. So, okay. I hope this sets a lot of people free because it set me free on this anxiety thing. You ready? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> so when Paul says be anxious for nothing, he wrote the he wrote the phrase for nothing in the present active tense. Okay, I'm talking Greek language here, and stay with me. He wrote the phrase in the present active tense, which implies an ongoing state. It is the life of perpetual anxiety, also what we call chronic anxiety. It is the life of perpetual anxiety that Paul is addressing here. Okay. Okay. So he's not addressing an anxious moment. He's talking about a lifestyle of anxiety where you're nervous and fearful and worried and full of doubt or guilt uh, to where it becomes a prison for you. So what he's saying is, he says, he says, be, be anxious for nothing throughout your life in the sense of this. Don't let anxiety manage you and rule you 
you're going to face moments of anxiety. That's one thing, but to live from moment to moment to moment, day after day after day, fear of the future, fear of what's going to happen, trying to control people, trying to control the circumstance, trying to control everything that's in your life. Uh, he says, don't be anxious that way. You don't have to be perpetually anxious. And now that changes a little bit for me on this anxiety mm-hmm. because here's how it changes for me. I, if, when I realized I was anxious, my inner critic would say things like this. Um, Jeff, you're supposed to be a person of faith. Why are you so anxious? Look at you. You, you don't, you don't really trust God, you know, but re- in reality, um, I wasn't, I'm not perpetually anxious. I just had these moments of anxiety and they, they usually quickly pass because, you know, I've been applying some stuff and over the years and learned how to trust God more. And, um, and, and we're going to see, uh, in some people in the Bible and other illustrations I'm, I'm going to give, and hopefully you give as well about the difference between perpetual anxiety and, uh, moment anxiety. Uh, so, all right. So let's talk about this minute for you, Kate, what is the difference between someone being perpetually, (laughs) perpetually anxious versus someone who, okay, they're anxious about this meeting coming up. I, I think that perpetual anxiety is kind of more just, a a state of existence really. Um, so if a piece of your life has become defined by your uh, response to external factors in, in an anxious way that sorts to it, it sort of does control your life and it it affects all of your decision making it affects your you know your walk with God it affects a lot of things um, you know I think that this anxiety that maybe presents itself in the normal um, day-to-day of life I think the big factor with it is that it's kind of in how you handle it and then what you do with it once you, once you do experience those feelings. And obviously as a Christian, we've been given a lot more tools and, and we have, we have such a, a wonderful creator that's, that's ready to be there for us to turn it over to, to him. So I think, you know, for the Christian, um, being able to identify and, and almost just kind of uh, separate, segregate that anxious feeling versus letting it just continue to just draw out and affect every aspect of your life is is the is really the difference there, at least to me. Yeah, I, because there. So as Christians, we're gonna we want to be, you know, that person who is aware, calm, and present. I mean, you'll hear me say aware, calm, and present quite a bit. And because anxiety removes awareness and it removes calmness and you can't be present very well because you're consumed about how you feel rather than what's happening in front of you with what's mm-hmm. going on in the person in front of you, the situation in front of you. And, um, and when we are perpetually anxious, we are going to struggle being aware, calm, and present with our kids, with our spouse, with the ministries, with the friends at work. I mean, we're just going to be, we're going to be this person that seems to be distracted and detached all the time. And, um, 
And God doesn't want us to be like that. Are you going to have moments like that? Oh yeah. I mean, everybody, cause you're human, but God has something better for us. And it's about learning how to manage this anxiety. So like Jesus, uh, we can be 100%, you know, present with people and engaging with them without our anxieties overtaking that relationship or that communication. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, so let's get into a definition of anxiety. Now, here's the definition we're going to work with. Man, it, you know, if you just, if you Google, <laughs> do some research, oh my word, you know, the anxiety is defined a million different ways, but the, oh, there's a lot of common stuff in it. But for our purposes, we're going to, we're going to use this one. So here's how I define anxiety. It is the feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about a real or perceived upcoming event or current situation. Okay, so uh, let me say that again. It's the feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about a real or perceived upcoming event or current situation. Um, all right, uh, let's see here. Let me, uh, let me give an example, and, and Kate, you be ready to share one if you can. Uh, some at some point where in your past where you know obviously you struggled with anxiety at some point mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna go way back i mean i've got a ton of them so i'm gonna i'm gonna just go back a few years <clears throat> okay um when i was in I, I guess around sixth seventh grade um definitely seventh grade i started dating this girl now I'm one of these guys that girls made me nervous. And I mean, I don't mean, yeah, they made me nervous. No, I mean, flat out paralyzing nervous. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now you have to understand, uh, in seventh grade, I'm already six, one, I'm a, I'm a tall dude. Mm -hmm. And all right. So there's, there's this big dude who is, going out on, you know, hanging out with this girl at the roll back then the roller rink or someplace, the arcade, you know, that kind of, that kind of dates me. Um, but I would get so nervous and that I, before I left, I mean, I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink anything and I would be so nervous and so anxious that I literally would have to go to the bathroom and throw up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's terrible. And, uh, and I don't mean that happened once. I mean, it, and it, it didn't matter who it was, it, even with people. Okay. There's this one girl, uh, that I dated for about a year and a half in middle school. And I mean, throughout the whole relationship, anytime I had to do anything with her or her family, I literally, before I left, I was so <laughs> nervous. And, and then the, there's some social anxiety stuff going on, but, uh, uh, but once I got to the situation, boom, I was fine. But getting there was this dramatic horror <laughs> event that would happen. And, um, and so I would feel this worry, nervousness, or unease <laughs> about a real or perceived upcoming event or current situation. And uh, so as a very young Jeff, um, when I look back, that's really when I started noticing, okay, I'm, 
you know, I'm struggling with anxiety, you know, and I've, I've struggled with it at different levels. Now I will say this, I I am, I'm not, I'm not nervous anymore. Okay. All right. Uh, That's good. That's good. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, but, uh, you know, obviously God grew me up and gave me some confidence and helped me, you know, get through some things. And so for out there, for those of you out there listening to that, I I hope that was a blessing to you, (laughs) but, uh, uh, all right, Kate, what about you for your, for you got an anxiety thing that you struggle with that you look back on and going, Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, my anxiety has changed a lot since I became a Christian. Honestly, I, I used to have, I, I mean, when I was a child, it was really bad. Um, I was very afraid of death and dying as a kid. Um, you know, I would, have a lot of really vivid dreams as a kid that really just put me in a constant state of fear and anxiety all the time. Um, You know, I would always worry about people breaking into the house or like every worst case scenario possible. Um, You know, I would work, I couldn't, I would chew my food forever because I was worried I would choke on it. Like just totally irrational things that made no sense to anyone. Just, um, just as a kid just had this like you said perpetual state of everything is out to get me and everything could possibly kill me or you know everything could kill my you know if someone's late they've had a car accident or you know I mean it's just anything like that um was pretty much my my childhood basically and I had a lot of social anxiety as a child and I know that's really hard to believe, but, um, but, you know, I was always very quiet, you know, didn't want to make a huge scene. Didn't like to be around tons of people. I still really don't like to be around tons of people. I know as weird as that sounds, but, um, but, you know, going into large crowds, just things like that, that just kind of really, um, bring out the worst case scenario in, in someone that that's operating daily, you know, with that kind of level of anxiousness. But, um, but, you know, I would say that once I got a little older, I started looking to other things to try to help manage that anxiety. So that's where, you know, the drinking came in, that's where smoking cigarettes came in, you know, different ways to kind of cope with that. And, um, and, you know, that obviously didn't, didn't work. I mean, it did help kind of sort of in a way, uh, but it always came right back uh, way worse. So um, now, you know, obviously once I have come back to Christ, I've started to kind of just really over and over see God go ahead of me and, and really just like resolve situations on my behalf. Obviously I'm not worried about death anymore because I know, I, you know, I know and, and have an understanding of what happens when I die. And I'm totally good with that. Um, so that definitely changed that aspect of it. But I mean, I just feel like that's when it changed for me was just being able to realize that I'm not in control of everything, but, but God has really gone ahead of me and, um, helped to remove some of those things that I've really just been, um, anxious about. I still have it still deal with it on, you know, occasions and with my kids. And as I said, but but it's definitely um, changed from being that long-term state of being to a getting in a more experiential type thing where you then, okay, I have this, but I'm going to go to God with this, or I'm going to use these coping mechanisms that 
that I have learned or whatever to deal with that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as I was preparing for, uh, you know, these uh, episodes and, you know, trying to dig a little deeper with anxiety um, and understanding it, you know, as I was looking back on my past and looking at others and, you know, I, I think, well, I'm, I'm speaking for others, but I don't know if I should. So I guess I'll just speak for myself. I noticed in myself, as I began to examine my life from childhood until now, and just jotting down some notes of things that made me nervous, uneasy, that seemed to pop up on a regular basis, mm -hmm. that, um, uh, you know, and, and some of it's gone. I mean, there are some things I just don't get nervous about at all. And um, I mean, case in point where when God called me to, you know, into the ministry and uh, the first several times, okay, <laughs> okay, well, okay, here's connect some dots here. So, you know, the whole, uh, obviously one of my physical signs of being little over anxious is I have to go throw up because there were the first several times that I started, I would preach the pastor would say, hey, Jeff, I want to preach on Sunday night or whatever. And I would get, I would do the homework, do the work, get prepared. But I was so nervous that literally I'd go to the uh, bathroom at the church and just throw up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's I'm terrible. glad that you overcame that one. Yeah, I, that I, I just so those who are listening, that does not happen <laughs> anymore, and it hasn't happened in a long time. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I, uh, you know, my nervousness, if I can even use that word, has changed. I don't get, you know, the fear and anxiety back then was I'm going to look stupid. I don't know what I'm saying. You know, uh, people are staring at me. I mean, all the typical, you know, stage fright kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but now. Um, the my concern like with preaching and I don't want to even say anxiety it's just that I'm, I'm more concerned about man am I really saying the truth here you know like am I representing mm -hmm. Christ right so and that's that's a something else for another conversation but okay so here's what we have on that definition there's really three aspects of that definition uh one is anxiety is a feeling of worry nervousness and unease and we're going to talk a lot about that and when that happens what happens is we want to we want to do something fix something say something you know we want to hide escape confront withdraw attack detach and so something in us that, you know when we get anxious that whole fight flight freeze thing kicks in in some form or another and uh anxiety can be based on reality or perception it, it you know it can be about something real like standing and speaking in front of people, going on a date, having a doctor's appointment, having a test come up, you know, it could have something to do with your marriage, your kids. I mean, things that are real that you can point to and say, there it is. I'm concerned about that. Uh, then there's those things where it's, it's just perceived, um, you know, it's about being worried or not in control of what's going to happen in the future. And you want to control it, what might happen in the future, in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, this is the husband who is constantly concerned about his wife leaving him, even though she has never given any indication that she will. The Christian woman who is nervous about others discovering she is not as committed, you know, to Christ as, you know, mm -hmm. she wants them to believe, you know, the employee who is fearful because he thinks the company is going to let him go, even though they've never, there's no indication that they are, you know, just this, we, the scenarios we develop in our minds that yeah. aren't going to happen. Um, 
And so when we're talking about anxiety, it can be, you know, something about something real about something uh, perceived. Um, and then the, the, uh, another thing I wanted to address is, um, uh, oh, let's talk about, I'll tell you what, man, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. I'm just looking through here. Okay. Let's, let's bring some normal, let's bring something normal here into this. Make people feel normal because, uh, <clears throat> all right. What yeah. What a relief. <laughs> yeah. We need, okay. So it, when I was struggling before, I grew one of the things I I felt abnormal I felt mm -hmm. like there was when I would struggle with anxiety and uh, whatever shape especially like the whole being afraid to speak in front of people going on a date or whatever and uh other things that I I thought man there is something wrong with me now that is a true statement because we're broken I mean we're, there's something wrong with you know the sinful nature there's something wrong with us. but uh, but in reality when you look at this the humans everybody struggles with anxiety at some level. Okay. Uh, some people are just more aware of it than others. Um, uh, some people become more aware of it. Um, and, uh, uh, and I just, I, I just want to say that anxiety is a normal emotion. Okay. So I don't yeah. want you to feel like you're weird. Uh, you know, this is, we're not talking about abnormal psychology. That's not what we're not, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about being normal. Well, um, and if you think about it, I mean, we were created to be with God. Like we, right. we were not created to live in this world of sin that we're surrounded by. I mean, that wasn't, it's not what we're made for. Right. But, but so how can we expect to not react to this craziness that we have going on around us? I mean, I feel like just in the last few years, everything is amplified you know for most people and um and that's okay you know we we have to understand that we still are living in a body of flesh that's gonna respond you know to these things <clears throat> okay so um one day when uh, jesus was talking about various kinds of people and how they respond to the world uh, he made a statement indicating there will be some people who would receive god's truth but it would be choked out of them due to, and I quote, the anxiety of the world. Okay, Matthew 13, 22. Okay, so he's just making a statement that their anxiety has this power. I mean, it's, it's it, the anxiety of the world. First of all, it's, a, it, it's around the world. Everybody's got it. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. common. And the phrase, the anxiety of the world, just means things that people get anxious about normal things mm -hmm. like paying bills, providing for your family, death of a loved one, you know, birth of a baby, you know, stuff like that. It just dealing with difficult people, losing your job. It's just the anxiety of the world. And those anxieties of life, the things of the world, uh, as you go through life, Christian or not, um, they have a tendency to want to choke uh, the word of God out of you. And again, we'll, we're going to talk more about that later, but, uh, but all I want you to see out of this statement right now, out of Matthew 13 with Jesus talking about the anxiety of the world is that it's just normal. I mean, this is a worldwide issue. And uh, so don't feel like there's something like wrong with you, only you, 
and nobody else struggles with this. Now your, your illustration may be different. I mean, Hey, you may be very confident going on a date, and I'm not, you know, as, as a middle schooler, uh, but you know, you, you may get really nervous with something else, you know? And so our, our, um, you know, like I, I had, fr- I didn't struggle with, uh, you know, like, uh, you know how some people, they, they get really anxious about zits on their face or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah. You know, and they, they just think everybody's looking, especially when you're younger, you know, you think everybody's looking yeah. at it. Oh yeah, no. They go, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 that didn't bother me. I didn't get really anxious about that. Okay. But I had friends who did. I mean, it was like, I'm not going to school tomorrow. Why? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. It was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to assume every time you say that was probably, I'm just going to say that was you. Yeah. Well, I was really weird when I was younger anyway. So I probably, <laughs> probably to a certain point, I wouldn't have cared, but after a certain age, I would have probably. Well, you know, there's some truth. There's some maturity that happens when you're growing that, uh, you just start looking back and thinking, I don't need to be concerned about that. You know? Sure. If they are going to reject me because of this pimple, they are going to reject, they're going to reject me for something eventually. <laughs> yes. Okay. So much truth. Oh man. All right. So, uh, all right, Kate, I want to talk a little bit about is anxiety a sin? And if, what is your reaction if you hear someone say anxiety is a sin and you need to repent of it? Well, I think anxiety is kind of an outward expression of, of maybe um, some uncertainty that you have on the inside, you know, going on. I, I, don't, I don't know that I would say that anxiety is a sin, but I think that for me, when I'm trusting God less, it certainly, um, it certainly bubbles up more, you know? Um, so, but no, I, I don't think it's a sin. I think it's a, I think it's a, a reaction to the state that we're in. I mean, I, I think that we are constantly being bombarded by outside factors. And, um, I think how we handle it is, is, what's important. I think that anxiety can cause you to sin. Um, I think by the way that you handle your anxiety can cause you to, you know, lash out at people can cause you to hurt yourself, you know, can cause you to, you know, make decisions that, you know, would be considered sinful, but just like being angry, you know, anger in itself is not a sin, but, but what you're doing with that is, is where that sin can creep in. So that's, that's at least how I see it. Okay. So you and I are on the same page because as I was researching this, I was reading, I mean, I'm talking, uh, reading some commentaries and reading, uh, some other books by Christian authors, you know, about anxiety. And, uh, it was, there were some that I was surprised by some of them because of I've read other stuff by them that they would call, they called anxiety a sin. Now they didn't explain why they called it a sin, but they just put it in that category. Mm-hmm. And, but as I was studying as for me personally, as I studied anxiety, what the Bible had to say about it and who, and as you watch anxiety in the characters of the Bible and what's going on in those contexts, I, I 
walked away from that study going, okay, anxiety is not a sin. Um, it is mm -hmm. the result of our sinful nature and how we respond to the um, in sinful environment that we're in, you know, in situations. Okay, so for example, it's like this. Uh, <clears throat> I see anxiety very similar to cancer. Okay, cancer is a byproduct of the sinful nature. When sinful nature came into mankind from Adam and Eve, our bodies began to break down. One of the things that produced is this thing called cancer. And uh, cancer is not a sin. Okay. Uh, all right. So emotionally, the sinful nature has affected us emotionally. When we uh, go into a situation um, or we're listening to the inner critic, you know, we will become anxious. The anxiety is not a sin. So I, I don't think people should say, uh, it sounds weird for somebody to go to God and say, God, forgive me of my cancer. Mm. That sounds weird. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it also sounds weird for this. God, forgive me of my anxiety. That doesn't sound right. And, and nowhere in the Bible is anxiety listed as a sin. I mean, any form of, it'll say, don't be anxious, but when mm -hmm. it gets it, or don't worry, those kinds of things. Yeah. All right. But when it gets into, when the Bible gets into these lists, like, uh, of sins, it, it doesn't mention any of those things. It doesn't mention stuff like anxiety. And so, or, and so you have this verse that talks about be angry and sin not. Uh, well, anger can definitely lead you to sin, but so, but like you said, anxiety can do the same thing. And I think we could say the same, be anxious and sin not. I think that's, I think because anger can, is also a form of anxiety, or at least it's an expression of it. Sometimes people mm -hmm. get angry trying to control something and because they're anxious about it at a high level. And, yeah. um, so I, I just want to, for the listeners, I want you to understand you're not dealing with a sin and this is important. Okay. Uh, the anxiety is a symptom and a sign of something else that's not right. Okay. Yeah. So you need to, you need to look at your anxiety when you're anxious, you need to ask, oh, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Okay. What is going on inside of me? What's happening here? Because that's God's red flag for you to say, pause, take a look. Your, your engine light just came on. That's What's, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking too. Like the check engine light is such a good yeah. way to explain that because anxiety is a warning sign for you that something either in your environment something in your inside you know there's something going on that there's there's a red flag coming up saying hey something something's not right something's not not great going on yes 100% love yeah. that analogy yeah so for the listeners, I, again, I really want you to understand, you have to understand what anxiety is and what it's not before you can actually deal with it effectively, effectively from a biblical perspective. So that's what this episode's about, trying to lay that foundation. What am I really dealing with here? Um, okay, so this whole anxiety is not a sin thing. All right, there's a verse in uh, Psalm 38, verse 18. The psalmist says this. He said, I am full of anxiety because of my sin. Oh, now that's, that's significant. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he is separating 
anxiety and sin. But I mean, they're connected, but they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's insightful for every one of us because so you can have anxiety, but it may be that you're anxious because of some sin in your life. You're doing so, you're doing something wrong. You're covering up a lie. You just lied. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. you're not doing it right. You know, so uh, and sometimes our sin can cause us to have anxiety. And if you've done something, if you're doing a lot of bad stuff, um you're probably gonna experience a lot of you'll be full of anxiety because sometimes you do things you're thinking man if i get called i'm going to jail you know people can be full of anxiety right Uh, right. um all right so uh you know the sin of others can cause anxiety (laughs) i mean again anxiety is not sin but sin can lead to anxiety the sin of others can create anxiety for you uh, because they're lying about you, slandering about you, gossiping about you, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, you know, they're abusing you and those kinds of things. That's going to create some anxiety. Uh, even in those moments, again, we're going to talk about this more, but you know, Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him. We're going to talk about what that means. Um, you know, in a later episode, but, um, but God wants whatever you're anxious about God wants. I mean, that he, he wants to carry that he wants to help you through that. Also, a sinful environment uh, can cause anxiety. Again, we're talking about anxiety not being a sin, but sin does influence anxiety. And listen, when I say sinful environment, I'm not talking about the sinful people around you. I've already mentioned that. I'm talking about in Romans chapter 8, where it talks about the world, the planet, physical planet uh, mm-hmm. is affected by sin. And so we have, you know, earthquakes, floods, storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, and the like. And so people Uh get anxious about that kind of stuff. But again, you don't want to have a perpetual fear about it. And I I know some people when it comes to tornadoes, uh, they, man, if there's a warning, they will look at it on the radar and they will see that it is 10 miles away, but they still go to the basement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and so I'm thinking, nah, I'm not going to the basement. You know, it's, it, uh, we got a radar. Mm-hmm. We, we know where it's at, uh, but they, right. man, they get, they get paralyzed. It's like, shut it down. Let's, let's go to the basement. Well, and environmental factors too, such as, you know, what kind of um, media you're consuming, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of TV you're watching, um, you know, what, you know, if, whether or not you're watching the news in general, I mean, I think is, is, a, a huge source of anxiety for a lot of people, just what they're, what they're consuming, you know, what they're focusing on. And, um, certainly if you want to see it, it's all out there, you know, I mean, if you're on social media, there's just plenty of it. So there has to be a, a balance somewhere, you know, cause that's a lot. We weren't really made to know everything that happens everywhere in the world at one time that's that's a lot for any person to carry and i think a lot of the anxiety going on right now for a lot of people is that we are carrying a lot of information on our shoulders that really we weren't meant to carry or even know about you know i okay i listen to the news but i'm one of these guys that i listen to 15 20 minutes just give me the summary at the beginning and then I'm done. that's all I need to know. And if something grabs me, I will do some research on it a little bit deeper. But I find that my world is a lot better if I oh just don't gosh. know everything. And, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm just a naturally 
Like, I think that's, just, I think it's just built into me genetically to have that. And so I have had to realize after a while, like, okay, you know, I've got to like moderate myself, you know, on some of this stuff. And, and, you know, God's kind of helped me to, to figure that out too, you know, because as, you know, as you grow, you start to kind of realize, you know, what are these little things that are just really making me crazy? You know, <laughs> what are the things that I need to get out of my life that is, kind of keeping me from this Christian walk that they say I should be experiencing this peace I should be experiencing what are those things that I could get you know get away to help me with that so yeah yeah you know anxiety the voice of anxiety says you know uh the world's coming to an end <laughs> you know yeah. at some level you know uh the the voice of the inner critic says the world's coming to an end and it's your fault and um, because you know, the inner critic is going to blame you for everything. That's, that's what it does. It condemns it, you know, it accuses, uh, you yes. of what's happening. That's the inner critic. And again, we're gonna have a whole episode on the inner um, critic. And, and that's a fascinating subject too. Yes, sure. Yeah, it really is. It's been a game changer for me. So I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah. Same here that, uh, and usually when I talk to people about the inner critic, uh, versus the anxiety and what it, it they, it's like a light bulb goes off for them. Uh, okay, so uh, we're getting close to having to wrap this up. But uh, here's the thing. I mentioned this earlier. When I was reviewing for this podcast this morning, I don't know why I didn't have this thought. Because I'm trying to answer the question, what is anxiety from a biblical perspective? What, how, and we've already said that it's not a sin. Then what is it? Well, uh, okay, I'm about to I'm, I'm about to think and talk at the same time. So this is where I get dangerous. And so I have not processed everything I'm about to say, uh, but I'm going to throw it out on the table so you and the listeners can begin thinking about this. Um, I'm beginning to be convinced that if we're going to categorize anxiety biblically, we're going to we're not going to put it in the sin category, but we are going to put it in the weakness category. And the Bible talks about weakness. Okay. So when we're talking about weakness, a lot of people think that's the same thing. Sin and weakness and weaknesses, they're not the same thing. Sin is a sin, it's rebellion towards God, disobedience. A weakness is something, for example, <clears throat> if somebody is physically weak, they are not going, aren't going to be able to lift a whole lot, or they're not going to be able to run real far or run real fast. Somebody who is mentally weak may not have a high IQ. They may not be able to remember as much or understand certain levels of, of complexities in, in thought. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> people who are socially weak may struggle with interacting with other people and picking up body language and tone cues and those kinds of things. Um, when people are uh, emotionally weak, they are going to find that they can't handle as much pressure and stress, or they can't handle the bad news as well. So, um, and so when we're talking about a weakness, um, we're just simply talking about something that, that's been handed down because we're broken people the sinful mm -hmm. nature has impacted us. So there are some people who have 
emotional weaknesses and they struggle with anxiety. That's their weakness. Okay. Um, and some are more weak than others in that area. Now here, here's, here's where I'm headed with all this. Um, and I think this is going to be a game changer. It, it feels like one of those things that's beginning to be a game changer inside of me as I'm dealing with my own emotional weaknesses, because Paul says something very significant about his weaknesses. He says, um, so now I am, oh, by the way, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses huh. so that the power of Christ can work through me. Okay. If we take that verse and if we're seeing anxiety as a part of a weak, one of those weaknesses, now all of a sudden anxiety becomes that engine light saying something's wrong. I'm trying to take control. I'm trying to be on the throne. God's not, I'm not trusting God here. Anxiety is that red, red engine light. So I'm going to say, you know what? Boasting doesn't mean I'm proud of it. Boasting means I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to state it. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace it. I'm claiming it. And I'm saying, you know what? Yes, I struggle with anxiety, but however, God uses that anxiety to, to where he steps in because I can't do it. I have to rely on him. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so, yes. so I think if we, when you start looking at all the verses about weaknesses and what God's word has to say about weaknesses, and you're just starting to, and you start putting that word anxiety in there where it's where the word weakness is all of a sudden anxiety becomes a platform for God to get glory out of your life because that's when you realize I need him. And I yeah. think, I think that's what anxiety does for us is that. So it's, uh, when you sense anxiety, don't try to, you know, you, your first reaction is wanting to hide or freeze or whatever, or react you know, we have to train ourselves to say, okay, that, okay. I need God now. You know what I'm uh -huh. saying? That that's gotta be the, yeah, the thing. And so what I'm saying is anxiety can be a friend, if you will. Um, if you understand it better and it, and it can be a springboard for your own spiritual growth and for God to get the glory because anxiety just says, you know what? I feel weak in this area and that's why I got to take control, but I can't do nothing about it. So I need God. So God, you better show up and do something. And when it's all said and done, you're going to say, you know what? I was afraid, but God came in and he delivered it. Right. And so, uh, and he ends up getting, he gets all the glory. Anyway, I, I, what are you, what are your reactions to anxiety being a weakness and all that stuff? I, I think it's, it's a very good explanation, um, for it because, you know, the, the more you talked about it like that, I mean, anxiety is us coming to realizing us coming to the realization that we cannot do whatever it is that's happening, or we cannot control whatever it is that's happening. So anxiety is us coming to that place where, oh, I, I'm not God. I'm not, you know, I can't do this on my own. And for some, that's debilitating because if you don't have God to turn to, you don't have somewhere to turn to, you know, what do you do with that? You know, what, what do you do with that feeling other than continue in it? You know, 
I mean, but that weakness is, is okay for us as Christians, because when we come to the end of ourselves, then all of a sudden we know, okay, this is a sign. This is, this is a symptom of my humanity. This is a symptom of my weakness. And now it's time for me to turn it over to someone who can fix the situation, who can resolve the situation. And when I'm weak, he is strong. And I think that, you know, if we have that knowledge and that realization, then all of a sudden we don't, we start to come to that place a lot less because we realize we're going to give it to him a lot sooner. We're not going to get to that place where we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I can't pay my bills or, or this or that. You know, we come, we, we can come to God way before we get to that point because we know that that's a weakness in ourselves. So I think it's the perfect way to explain it just because um, it doesn't have to be that way for us. It doesn't have to be where we end up. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that we sit in and fester in and live in um, as Christians. It's something that we can, we can turn over a lot sooner than that. Um, and recognizing it as a weakness is so important to be able to do that. And when we get into the episode on recognizing anxiety in us, one of the key points or reasons why we want to recognize anxiety is the sooner you can recognize it, the sooner you can go to God with it right? before it gets out of control. So, um, and all right. So, uh, one of the verse here and we'll just have to wrap it up, but, um, okay. So Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And this is in first Corinthians chapter two. And he's talking about, he came to them. He shared the gospel with them. He told them about Jesus, but then in verse three, he says something very interesting. At least to me, it's interesting. He says, I came to you in weakness. And then he defines it. He said, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. So it, that is, that's anxiety language, timid and trembling. So he is acknowledging, he's just making a general statement that he came to them in weakness. And uh, so I think for every believer out there listening to this, I, I want to tell you, there is hope for you. Uh, there is a brighter day tomorrow. And this is a journey and, you know, the voice of anxiety and the sinful environment you're in and maybe some choices you've made and, you know, and some things that you have believed about you, about God, about your future, you know, um, you have embraced and it's just creating some anxiety. And I want to tell you, God has a lot to say about anxiety. And one of the things that we're going to have to do together is we're going to have to renew our mind, take every thought captive, begin looking at things differently. And as we begin doing that and learning how to, because we haven't been taught how to do that. Christians are not taught how to, how to build the muscle of the mind, you know, and which affects how we feel. So it, again, if you want to become emotionally strong, it's not about focusing on the emotion. It's about focusing on the mind that impacts the emotion. Um, and so, and we'll talk, we'll talk about that when we get into the managing anxiety. And so, uh, I, I just want to encourage the listener that, um, you know, this is episode one and, you know, 
if you want to know more, there's a lot of stuff that Kate and I did not cover about characteristics of anxiety. But if you want to know more, um, you can go to truthappliedjs.com. I have a whole article on it, on the meaning of anxiety and everything you've heard is there and then some, and uh, feel free to go to it. Um, you know, talk with others about it. I mean, if you're in a, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a life group, feel free to just discuss or a Bible study or something. Uh, this would be, I think a good conversation for a lot of believers to have, um, uh, in your life. And, uh, all right. So truth apply. Oh, and I, oh yeah. Truth but go to, there's a category called emotional discipleship. Uh, that's where you're going to find this article and, and, and some others. So, all right, Kate, I'm going to give you the last word. You got anything you want to, you want to close with us? Well, thanks for having me on with this. This is a great topic to discuss. I, I think too few people openly discuss this um, because of just the shame that surrounds it, especially in the Christian community. But I would just encourage anyone that's listening today that, you know, this is something that many, many, many people deal with. And it is not, um, you know, it's not a label that you that you have to wear and whether, you know, you ha are dealing with mental health, you know, diagnosis or whether or not you're dealing with, you know, the simple day-to-day -day anxieties, you know, of life, there's, there's so many good uh, things that you can learn from, from information like this, just to help you to cope um, in, in, a, in a positive way. So I would encourage you to keep listening uh, through these podcasts and just get as much information as you can, because um, knowledge is power in this situation. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm excited about sitting down and talking with you more about this. And uh, for those who are listening, if you want to reach out and you got questions and you want us to dig a little bit and talk a little bit about it, you know, just reach out to Kate or I, and um, uh, you can find my email on our, on, at the Genesis church website. And so, uh, well, until next time, uh, have a good Bye. week. See ya. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.